received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to the UFC San Antonio version of Gamblue's Bout Business Podcast. First, as always, thank you to the many fight passionates across the globe that are finding a way to tune in to us each week for these fights. We're totally respectful of your time. We love the fact that you tune in, ask you to continue to do so because we're not done. Second order of business is to announce that the gamblue.com webpage is now weeks away from completion instead of months. As we get closer, more information regarding that. Last week, we get cute with a little round robin, little punch drunk with chalk and the chalk we choke on. The good news is, it was a little two-unit total round robin. It costs us basically profit for the night as we end up just winning 0.10 of a unit and moving forward. We'll take 5.76 units of profit into this event today, which marks the end of the first quarter of 2023. So the focus will be, despite losing two fights off this card, or at least two releases I was going to make, to take the final four rounds here, squeeze a little profit, and move into the second quarter of 2023 with momentum. With that in mind, let's just review futures. Into this event, we have Corey Sandhagen at minus 155. That fight breakdown's coming up. He's minus 165, minus 170 today. So we squeeze a little EV out of this. Now the hard part, of course, him having to win his fight. Other futures, as I was active this past week, Sunday and Monday, all pertain to UFC 287. April 8th, two weeks from now, from Miami. And oh, by the way, that's when our next podcast will drop. Obviously, it will be Friday, April 7th for that. On that card, three releases made via Twitter this week. Number one, Adrian Yanez, who is now minus 175. He was released at minus 170. I recommend you pick him up if you're listening right now. The second fighter, Kelvin Gastelum, at the time of release, plus 135. That number's changed. He's even money now, plus 100 again. I think there's more momentum his way, and you may want to take that plus while you can still get it. And then finally, 
the latter of the three releases, Cynthia Calvillo, plus 260. She's fighting a little uh, power buzzsaw named Gadinez. This will be a really excellent fight. Calvillo's a dog, though, and should not be 260, in my opinion. Those three coming up in two weeks, without much further ado, let's drop the gloves and get right into round one. Okay, UFC San Antonio. I wrote about the judging. I'll just glaze over it. But the Texas judges, as well as the state judges from New York, both of those, all states work under a fight commission. Those two states, the most notorious since I've been in diapers for giving you results, meaning decisions, that'll really leave you scratching your head. It's important to know, if you know what I mean, who the Texas fighters are in a Texas fight card, just as important as it is to know the New York area fighters during a New York fight card. Now, that being said, round one, we're going to move into our parlay for the night. And the parlay starts at lightweight, where we have Nate the Train Landwehr, I wish every round had him in it because I love his nickname. Against Austin Lingo. Lingo, Texas fighter coming from Fortis out of Dallas. So Lingo, as well Landwehr, both step in on short notice as they were preparing for others. Lingo getting ready to fight Ricardo Ramos two weeks ago. Ramos wallows to the scale eight pounds over. No fight there. So they throw him with Nate Landwehr who we had faded with Alex Caceres a few weeks ago. Caceres drops out of that fight. They take two guys that need a fight, throw them together, and you got a really excellent dogfight here as far as I'm concerned. Nate Landwehr is the most authentic fighter I've seen since back in the boxing days. He bleeds it. He sweats it. In this fight, he's going to be five, six years older than Lingo. He's an inch shorter, but he's coming in off some really excellent momentum and some great fights. He's won his last two. The guy's full of scrap. He's got two inches here. So while both these guys are going to stand and bang, it's Landwehr that may need more time to accrue damage on Lingo. Lingo got a really good power left hook. And I learned since I was young from Angelo Dundee that you don't want to stand and hook with a hooker. And it looks like that's the game plan Landwehr is going to bring. Lingo's dangerous, but I don't believe that he's been in with the level of competition that has Landwehr, nor does he have that experience. This is going to be a learning situation for Lingo. And we'll take Landwehr, who, oh, by the way, opens at minus 300. Now we can catch a minus 195, minus 200 currently at DraftKings. He's leg one of the parlay. Leg two will stay on the main card and we'll run right to the featherweight fight between Manuel Cop and Alex Perez. This fight, we don't have any Texans but it's bound to go to decision as far as I handicap. Though the two and a half over under round shaded to the under perhaps indicates 
some cop love. Alex Perez, 30 years old, probably has had the worst luck with Cancel's fights in the whole organization. The way to beat him ideally is to just beat him with quickness, skill, athleticism, and touch him. He's been finished in a couple of his last fights, and he's been relatively inactive. Last fight, last July, a first-round loss to Pantoja. No shame losing to Alex Pantoja. Cop, meanwhile, comes in a year younger, but as a lefty, he's going to have a three-inch reach advantage, inch reach advantage with his legs, trains in Las Vegas, uses the Institute. This kid's a potential star in the division. If he comes with his best, it's simply too much for Alex Perez, who just hasn't been able to stay active enough battling injury and whatnot to be able to keep his momentum. Round one. Nate Landwehr, minus 200. We're putting him together with Manuel Kopp. Kopp opens minus 225. He's now minus 190, both of those DraftKings. One unit of investment there returns 1.28. Now let's move into round two. Round two, I couldn't help myself because I want to bet the big boys, and this card has, of the, like, 11 fights remaining, nine are under 170 pounds. So Duryev and Nokajuani at middleweight on the main card, just going to be an excellent clash of styles. Both guys are 34, but Nokajuani four inches the taller man, five inches reach advantage, five inches with his legs, been in with a good amount of high caliber fighters, lost to Greg Robocop Rodriguez last out. No shame in that. He just got taken late and out physical, which is the book on how to beat Noka Juwani. Noka Juwani, 15 wins, 14 of those via KO. His two UFC wins, yep, KO's in the first round. And he's from Texas. He's training in uh, Las Vegas, but the crowd's going to be his. He's going to have size, power, striking, and he takes on an undersized Russian vice grip in Duryev, going to be giving up four inches and a lot of weight. And Duryev doesn't really take shots well, has poor defense, came into the UFC with a considerable amount of hype, mostly self-proclaimed, and has laid two eggs. He's beaten a slow, statuesque Kapilov in his first fight. Okay, he looked okay in that one. Second fight, he looked pretty bad, no strike defense at all in his last fight and took some damage to the eye, wasn't able to effectively engage in his wrestling. With this guy's hype, if he doesn't come weather the first storm and be able to wrestle Noka Juwani up, he's going to get KO'd and he's going to get run out. I know he's been training in Vegas with Sean Strickland. I took in the interviews with the guy. He believes he's being overlooked a little bit, and this may be a good bounce spot for him. Nothing, nothing in the lines indicate that Duryev has any chance here, except that he opened minus 170. Now he's plus 130. The over-under in the fight, one and a half, a pick. Clearly, the world believes Noka Juwani going to go out there and knock this guy's block off. And I believe that that is a reasonable 
way to view this fight. However, another reasonable way to view this fight is Duryev ties his shoestrings tight, shows up for a fight, and wrestles Noka Jawani up. If he can make Noka Jawani struggle into the second round plus, this will be Duryev's fight, especially, especially if he can employ his wrestling. Yeah, we'll step out on the line. Round two, Albert Duryev, the Russian vice grip, plus 130, plus 135. Be patient, the line could go up and we'll grab every penny of value we can on the Russian. Now let's go to round three. Round three, it's the Lady Featherweights. Macy Barber, Andrea Lee. Lee from Texas, 10 years older at 34, couple inches taller, has a four inch reach advantage. Andrea Lee is a shit kicking cowboy boot wearing striker. And she strikes early, she strikes often, and may not have the power of her opponent, but she outputs 5.5 significant strikes a minute, only receives 3.5. Fighting in front of her home crowd, fighting a gal younger than her that's been a little inactive, and I think she's in a really, really excellent spot. Barber, meanwhile, since she's moved up to 125, 5-2. Five Overall record, 11-2. But Jessica I, Montana De La Rosa, okay, Miranda Maverick, decent competition. I think she steps up big with Lee. This fight opens Barber minus 190. Now she soars to minus 260. Andrea Lee originally plus 165. Now we can get her plus 220 or higher. Again, patience required here. I love the Texan here when I look at the total in this fight. Two and a half over minus 265. Andrea Lee via decision at plus 350. I would not be upset if anyone threw a little sprinkle there. We're going to keep it simple. Just take Andrea Lee straight up. She's currently plus 220, plus 225 at DraftKings. That's the release for round three. Now let's move into round four. Round four. The future position, we know what it is. We've got Sandhagen minus 155 in the pocket, taking on Marlon Vera. Vera, a guy with 10 stops at Bantamweight, holds the record for stops at Bantamweight. That said, Vera gets by on his fights because he's mentally tough as nails, and he's an absolute dog that is surely willing to lose a fight in order to win a fight, and by that I mean... In his last three fights, he's been outstruck, yet he wins the fight. The guy, good on the ground, he's good on the feet, but really, he's good in his mind. He's a pressure fighter, wants to make it ugly, throw elbows, throw knees, do anything he can do to dirty it up, and he's going to have a tough time in this one with Sandhagen for a number of reasons. 
First of all, we're in a big cage when we go to San Antonio, and that gives Sandhagen so much more room to maneuver. He's told people on, on time and time again how he hates that smaller cage in the apex. Sandhagen relies so much on movement and legs and strike evasion that he has to have that big cage, and I think it benefits him greatly. Now, that being said, Sandhagen isn't just your tippy-toe kind of a decision fighter. He's had 15 wins, 10 of those via stoppage. The coup de resistance, Sandhagen lands 6.5 significant strikes per round. He receives 4.2, positive 2 point whatever, 3. Meanwhile, Vera, he lands 4.2 significant strikes, but takes 5. That's terrible math in this fight. Sure, Vera's got the power punches. He's going to go try and take Sandhagen's body away, grope him into the corner, take his body so he can take his soul. Sandhagen, meanwhile, going to want to keep his legs available, move this thing around, and batter Vera from the outside. I think that's exactly how the fight will go. Over, under, four and a half, shaded minus 125 to the over. Something tells me this fight's not going the full distance. I do like Sandhagen. We're going to keep it simple and keep it at the plus 155, and let's just get his hand raised. Those that want to take it a step further, Sandhagen inside the distance, I wouldn't blame you. Clearly, those that see Vera in this fight, and smart people do, See, Vera winning, I would think, more inside the distance than decision. That could well be, but I'm going to take the guy with the size, with the experience, especially who he's been in with. I think this is just a little bit of a step up for Vera, and Sandhagen is who cements himself as the legit top three talent in the Bantamweight division after this fight. We lose two fights off this card, guys. We have four rounds of investment. Let's win us a couple of ducats. And then in two weeks, we will recap our finances and move right into UFC 287. Enjoy the fights. Thanks for listening. Locked into Gamblue's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind the scenes access to the world of MMA. Of all the superlatives. Oh, oh, is ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Bam! The legs go. I mean, that is clean. Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.